I'm your host, David Nage. This is Baselayer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Baselayer podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of ARCA, where David Nage is a principal. ARCA is not responsible and does not verify the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast series available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform. The podcast series does not constitute financial advice or other professional advice or services. Please do your own research. This is David and this is your new episode of Base Layer. I have Lucas Schneider from CatX with us today. Lucas, how are you? Hey, I'm good so far. Thanks for having me, David. Great to have you on board. Uh, full and fair disclosure to everyone. CatX is one of our newest investments in our early stage venture fund over at ARCA. And I'm excited to have Lucas on here. Uh, we've thought for many years, um, you know, at our firm and also on my podcast, what DeFi would wind up looking like. Would it be the types that we saw in early 2020? With a lot of the experimentation, with the yield farming, and the a lot of use of specific digital assets to collateralize uh, and create new digital assets, or would it morph into something that was potentially bigger in size and scope? Um, and so, one of the things that we are excited about with CADEX, and we'll learn more about it, is that they are actually looking to instrumentation in DeFi to create bigger and more robust opportunity sets. And so we'll talk more about what Cadex does on the insurance and reinsurance side. I'm really excited about this new platform that they've built and they came out of Y Combinator. Uh, so before we get too far into that, Lucas, what we like to do on the show is talk to our founders about what they did before this. Uh, and obviously, I know a little bit about your background, but our listeners don't. So if you can give us a little bit of a background, a few minutes on what you did prior to CADEX and how you and your co-founder came across this idea and started to build into it. Yes, for sure. Happy to, to give you like an intro about our background. So I started my career actually in investment banking. So I worked at Barclays in London in the Securitas Products Division. So handling everything from CLO structures, which are, which are collateralized loan obligations, to very esoteric um, securitizations and financing of commercial real estate portfolios. So essentially what you do there, you work directly with private equity clients or private debt funds in order to securitize um, loan portfolios so they, they can participate into like the risk and returns of the underlying loans. So started my career there. I worked at Barclays and then during my time working at Barclays, I essentially found crypto and, you know, came that came down the web free rabbit hole. So I actually started out with all the yield farms in 2021 when the APRs were super high, um, got drawn into like the world of like PancakeSwap, depositing uh, stable coins on, on Aave, trading on Uniswap and then eventually realized that there's so much potential in the underlying technology, especially when it comes to like tokenization. If you think about it, like you can settle like a transaction within a couple of seconds or like a minute, depending on the blockchain, when the traditional financial world, you're still like less settlement times of two days, for example, then decided to go full-time into, into crypto web free. 
started working as head of research at a web free hedge fund called Waldenbridge Capital. We're leading the, the research team there for, for roughly two years, researching different types of projects in the real world asset space um, and DeFi space in, in general, um, like a couple of investments there. And then eventually realized I want to, to build my own company. And luckily met my co-founder Benedict at a hackathon in Colombia, actually, in, uh, I think it was 2022, where we build and, and, and hack that the if global hackathon. Right. Obviously good timing to meet, you know, Benedict there and with a lot of background, obviously within traditional markets and within the world of digital assets and Web3. Always, we have a lot of founders on the show that have the same confluence. And so, you know, again, it's great for everyone to see that it's people out there that have bringing their talents or experiences from traditional markets into the world of Web3 and digital assets. And so I, I think it's good now, why don't we talk a little bit about what CADEX is trying to address. And in learning more about this, obviously, in preparation for you know our work on the investment side, I found it very interesting that in the overall scheme of insurance, and I guess I should have known this ahead of time anyway, but I didn't, that it seems that demand is outstripping supply. Meaning that there are so many things out there that you know are happening, whether it's catastrophic, you know, due to Mother Nature, due to climate change. Now, with all of the issues with cyber uh, and cybersecurity and theft, all of these things are starting to really create a market where you have more demand than you actually have supply. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a very, very interesting dynamic uh, in the market currently. And we really focus on bringing actually more capital to the space. So in short, we are a fully regulated platform that allows actually institutional investors and individuals to invest into insurance linked uh, products. And one of the areas we are focusing on is actually cyber and cyber is like growing massively over the last year. So you have like an expected growth rate over the next couple of years of like 12% you have around 11 billion in, in like market size. And what you see currently is that insurance companies and managing general agencies are really struggling to get capacity behind cyber because it's such a new area and traditional reinsurers, they're very cautious in deploying capital into that ecosystem because they fear that they haven't seen like the biggest cyber cat event uh, yet. So it's, they're a bit cautious on, you know, what losses are going to be. And they are typically, you know, rely on like modeling um, in those areas as well. And there are not that many model windows out there that really help with understanding cyber risk. So let's talk about that. So modeling, underwriting, one of the things that you and the team there have started to leverage is the abundance now, or I shouldn't say abundance, but you're seeing more of it, of AI generated models of risk. And so talk to us about that, because again, for those that are now seeing a plethora of AI instrumentation, everyone now knows what chat GBT is, but there are other uses of AI that are in this particular case very useful and also in terms of understanding risk. So talk to us about how that interplays with CADEX, what you've been building, 
because I know that you guys have a few different uh, models that you've been able to pick up in the market that are currently available. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we work very closely with different model vendors out there for various types of risk. So in the natural catastrophe world, uh, we work with a few vendors that actually build machine learning models, which is like a huge improvement to the classic stochastic models that are typically run. And that really makes it much, much easier to understand risk because you can, you know, run it through machine learning models, you get like better fit to the data and you get in general, a little bit more granular output and more understanding for those types of risks. That said, like every model is just like an abstraction of the reality, right? So you cannot really rely just on a single model. You need to really benchmark various models and see, okay, what the output is to better understand the risk. And one of the key areas that we're focusing on the platform is to let people actually run multiple models and also stress test models. So if you run, for example, like a machine learning models, you can, you know, stress test certain assumptions in, in the parameters you put in and then get like a better understanding of what the risks are, what the sensitivity is and right. how the exceedance curve are looking like. So in insurance and reinsurance, you typically look at exceedance curve that show you the losses with respect to a certain return period. So one over 100, one over 250 years events, essentially. That's how you typically look at risk in the, in the reinsurance world. And I think it's interesting here, if you think about insurance, it's obviously not the most sexy thing in the world. I think there have been those that have said, you don't buy fire insurance when your house is on fire. You buy it, obviously, before. And so there's usually some pre, uh, kind of pre-planning, some things you have to do ahead of time to get yourself ready. For those that own homes, if you are in a place where you know potentially you're closer to the oceans or to bodies of water, you obviously want to potentially have flood insurance. These are all things that you have to think about, you know, ahead of time. And so, if you are building a large technology company these days, one of the things you have to think about, as Lucas alluded to, is cyber issues. You know, what happens if you get hacked? What happens if someone gets into your code base? What if someone starts to in the world of Web3, start to drain assets out of your DeFi platform. This has happened many, many times, unfortunately. And this is one of the reasons why security and insurance are so important in this space. And so talk to us about how Web3 tooling, specifically what I want you to talk about, is when you think about parametric insurance, when you think about these constructs, one of the interesting parts of that is the data that goes into these kind of smart contract, if I call, if I can call them that smart, these are, can be smart contracts, smart contract insurance type of products, whereas you can now lever the use of things like oracles, you know, think of like Chainlink and others out there like Pith and some others out there on the market these days, oracles that are providing these smart contracts up to the minute, real-time data, on the actual construct that they are protecting for. So talk to us about how the tooling of Web3 has advanced this space to the point right now where you can actually have these things running dynamically, running continuously to ensure that the, that the, the constraints of the, the insurance and the smart contract are met. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like the, the beauty of DeFi nowadays and the whole Web3 ecosystem. So you can essentially build in reinsurance contracts on the blockchain. 
So you get like a direct payout if like the criteria of the triggers are hit, for example, supplied via like an Oracle, like Chainlink or PEF, depending on which blockchain you're building. So essentially what you can do now, you can write up a smart contract, get people to deposit collateral that is, so to speak, your reinsurance layer. So you deposit collateral. You can even link it up with um, tokens that accrue tokenized treasury. So you get like that yield on top. And then in order to um, make additional money with it via like insurance risk, you essentially are able to use the collateral to insure certain um, insurance events. So if you think about like cyber, for example, you could insure like a hack for like a big company that comes on the blockchain, for example, it takes out the policies, the people that deposit the collateral, they accrue the premiums. And if hopefully fingers crossed, nothing happens, no cyber breach, you know, they collect the premiums and they earn like a decent yield on top of the collateral and like the treasury. But if something happens with like um, the company and like there's a breach, for example, or hack, the company is able to get like a direct payout via like the parametric triggers. And you could set it up directly via, via chain link enable like a direct payout, which is much, much faster than what's currently done in the insurance world. So typically, even if you have like a parametric product, you have like claims payout times of like a couple of months because everything needs to be like verified. And nowadays with like oracles, you can do it directly on chain. So it's the much, much better improvement in terms of, of speed, because if you really have like a hack, you want to get the cover as soon as possible, right? To cover like any legal fees or remediation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just so, you know, everyone listening out there can get a sense of this, how big of an issue is this? If you had to put like a, a kind of a dollar amount to some of the, the kind of these alternative uh, catastrophic issues, whether they might be cyber or whether they may be, you know, specific to climate issues, you know, these are, you know, more kind of falling into the alternative bucket. How big on a yearly basis would you say this is in, in time in terms of size? Yeah, I mean, on like an alternative bucket, it's kind of like hard to, to look at that that way. So typically in the reinsurance world, you have like the reinsurance market in total, like the capital deployed is at around like 600 billion and around 100 billion is coming from alternative capital. So that's mm -hmm. the bucket. We are, we are trying to grow, um, bringing more alternative capital to the space while making it easier for institutional funds to invest, but also people on the blockchain depositing the collateral and earning like attractive yield. Right. In terms of like the cyber space, that's around like 11 billion as of now, mm -hmm. um, but that's grown rapidly. And then it's, it's kind of hard to say how big like those other you know, more niche areas are. So the biggest by far is still the property space because, you know, if you think about it, like most people got like a, a home insurance. Um, so that's by far the biggest, biggest space currently out there to get a yeah. life. If, if you're listening and you have a technology company or you, you obviously are close to a technology company, in this day and age with state-sponsored cyber crime, it, it is immense the amount of things that are happening these days you know these are things that you know even 10 years ago we didn't even necessarily have to think about now it's just becoming part and parcel to our day-in-day -day life where we see another headline oh this country supported this group 
which hacked this company and stole hundreds of millions of our personal data or whatever it may be. Ransomware is on the rise constantly all over the place. Uh, and there are numbers there to support it. I'm not going to bore you with all the specifics right now, but there are numbers to support this. If you Google the total size of ransomware right now, I'm sure it'll tell you it's several billion dollars, if not more. And so these things are on the rise and it's becoming more difficult to provide insurance for these things because you have the traditional insurance players that just don't do it. And so this is where it's really interesting for Cadax and for his uh, Lucas and his team out there. We're, you know, we're excited about that. If you could, Lucas, what we'd like to do in the last few minutes here, what do you think, if you look at 2024, if you have a crystal ball out there, what do you think, you know, for, for Cadex specifically, what are some of the things that for listeners out there, what are some of the things that they should be watching out for from you guys over the course of the next year? Yeah, over the course of the next year, we really want to do a few transactions in the cyber world. So there's not that much happening in the past. We have actually seen the first um, catastrophic bond being placed um, in the last couple of weeks. So um, the market is starting to, you know, to come together and invest more into like those cyber reinsurance products, um, and we really want to want to to grow that area. So a big focus of on our side will be to get more capital into like the cyber world because we think it's a very attractive space in terms of the returns you are able to get as someone who provides reinsurance cover, but also. It's so much needed on the on the insurer side. So most insurance companies we have spoken to, they're really looking to get like additional um, reinsurance capital for cyber to increase the underwriting. It's extremely tough to get nowadays cyber cyber insurance. So really looking to help the market provide better cyber insurance covers in general. Right. Well, this was Lucas Schneider over at CADEX. As I said, again, we'll put uh, links to their website so everyone can find it. Uh, really excited about the work that he and his team are doing over there. Lucas, thank you for joining us on Baselayer, and we'll catch up with you in 2024. Thanks so much for having me, David. Thanks for listening in to Baselayer. If you like the show and all the different guests that we've brought on, please give a like and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you do listen to the podcast. Also, if you want to have a conversation or reach out to me, you can reach me out on Twitter at David J. Nage. And let's talk there. Or also you can find me on LinkedIn. And I look forward to having great conversations with you all about digital assets.